welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is not a film. We're talking about Isaac's worst film experiences from the past 51 movies that we watched. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot to go over in terms of, um, you know, w- what happens when there's a movie that everybody talks about, that everybody knows, that everybody, you know, uh, says you should watch uh, and then you watch it and you say, eh, that wasn't very good. <laughs> and I think we've all had that experience. Um, I've, I certainly have. And we'll talk about it with the first movie, I guess, um, because it, that was the one for me that I was, you know, constantly over and over again, breathless, spoiler alert, you know, um, it constantly over and over again told like, oh, breathless is so good. It's so innovative, blah, blah, blah. And Every time I watched it, I came away with the same feeling of, eh, it's not very good. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll, I think we'll have, I, I don't know, looking at these films that, I, that I've showed you, Isaac, um, I don't feel like I've showed you too many that are like way out there that are super difficult. I think probably like Monica Mana is like the worst offender of this but um for the most part you know we've we've kind of stayed away from the experimental stuff so far because i'm trying to kind of get you into film and not like uh uh, (laughs) not like uh totally close you off and make you hate movies forever um so uh i think there's you know there's a lot of um obviously in the future we'll probably go into more esoteric more experimental more strange things but for now i mean looking back on it we we've we've actually covered a lot of bangers you know just oh yeah <laughs> yeah there's really no debate i think you've been an extremely generous host cameron uh, <laughs> for my initial journey a lot of these movies that are on this list like I, I i don't know if we'll call this episode like isaac's worst or least favorite movies in the top 51 really i think the conversation is around the experiment of this show. Like how did these films disconnect someone that is sort of more of a casual viewer, right? Maybe there is a ladder to climb when you're learning about film or, or watching film. And there isn't a, a way that some of these movies can be made where they're still catering to everyone. Right. And there's a a whole conversation to be had about art and maybe not all artists for everyone. You know, I think this is, it's, it's an interesting conversation because some of these these filmmakers are out to make masterpieces that are almost meant to be in the museum of film, whereas it is a medium that's for entertainment, and that creates some tension between um, the viewer and you know the product itself. Um, these films that I want to talk about are all very different, uh, and I'm not even overtly offended by some of them, except I, a few I will... I think come for um, specifically, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I want to have a little bit more of an open ended conversation now that we have watched fifty one movies this 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 year. Um, really talk about like are some of the approaches to making these movies like not necessarily like unforgivable, but so devoid of like. I guess the regular viewers time, 
like like does that sort of make sense Cameron what I'm saying like they're just they're they're almost uh I don't know like offensively uh, just ignoring the needs of the viewer uh, in some in some ways um yeah I mean I I see what you're saying although I I personally disagree with that in terms of I don't think there is a responsibility on the filmmaker um necessarily to to sort of cater to a certain viewer and actually I think that that's what oftentimes when that happens um it you know it either caters to sort of the lowest common denominator or it caters to um you know maybe a an image or a picture of what you what you could be instead of um really exploring certain things so and i i think you know uh, of course you know you as a viewer can say like well i didn't like that cuz that wasn't for me um but at the same time you know the filmmaker doesn't necessarily have a duty or a, a responsibility to um to make things directly for you and not every movie has to be for you. So I, I, yeah. you know, like that, that's kind of my, my take on it. Like, I understand what you're saying, but, um, at the same time, you know, some, some movies are trying to explore different things. Uh, I would like, I, I think that's okay too. I would like to start with a perfect example to sort of, it may be sort of like an allegory, a comparison to this, this, this situation. Uh, I thought of this, um, this week when I was at work talking to my coworkers now, for some of you, you don't know, I, I work for a church. I do a lot of music stuff. We play a lot of music on stage and there's always opinions about the way that you're supposed to perform live. And Cameron, you know, you have experience playing live as well. Uh, there is a tension between the musician's needs on the stage and the experience of the crowd and a good example for guitarists is you know the volume and the placement of their amplifier now if you play guitar you know that the most exciting way as a musician to play guitar is to have the most powerful loud amp and cab behind you pushing air to feel the response the ability to let the guitar's pickups feedback with the speaker you know, to have that experience. But as you begin to play more live shows in certain gigs, right, uh, there is a desire for the front of house engineer who's mixing the room and for the audience to get the best sound possible. And sometimes that amplifier being blown out super loud uh, <laughs> in a small stage or on a small room begins to deter the experience of the audience uh, and it begins to throw off the sound. And so then it becomes this, argument amongst guitarists of well i want to have my amp loud and i want to feel it and i want to have that experience the correct experience it makes me play better right it, it it creates this this uh this feeling that is beyond just creating sound like there's there's an interaction between the guitarist and his gear um versus you know blowing out the ears of the audience they can't hear anything else but the guitar the entire room is mixed strangely and they're their experiences is, you know, worsened. So what I'm trying to get at here is when you're performing live on stage, you're either performing for the audience or for yourself or somewhere in between, right? Mm. And this, like, I, I'm always for the audience first. As a matter of fact, I gave up bringing 
an amplifier uh, to play through a digital amp modeler, which is a little pedal that simulates the sound of an amp that creates no noise except for through the front of house speakers. So the, the, the mixer has a responsibility to put my guitar where he thinks fits for the audience's experience. And like, obviously some of it is for church music, right? So for me, it's like, well, I'm here to, you know, serve the people's needs for them being able to come and sing, not, not my own, but I know some guitarists that will be like, I will not play on that stage if I cannot have my amp behind my legs, you know? Like I yeah. want to feel the air. Cameron, you know, it, there's there's something about it. Like you used to play with what? Like a, a full stack and an amp head and behind you, right? Yeah, I did, but that was for like outdoor gigs. Um, so it, it was a little different just because uh, it was necessary, you know? Like there was no, it was me and... I wasn't mic'd up or anything, you know, it was, so I had, I had to play to the, to the theater. So, um, you know, I, like, yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it, it becomes a conversation of you're going to play music live. You're going to create this experience, right? And are you serving the needs of the audience or are you serving the needs of your own musicianship and performance right and there are people that would rather watch you live up to your fullest like musical performance and experience over their own right like there is that that crowd that's like i would i want to see the guy you know blasting his amp as loud as possible and get something that's very different than you know my experience i want to see them vibe out as much as possible on stage versus like my experience in the audience right um, but personally, when it comes to live music, and I would say the same thing for my experience being, you know, a viewer of, of movies is it's like, I want the musician to cater to my experience, right? I paid to be here, right? I paid to come to this concert or I showed up to come to this concert and watch you perform. Like, don't be there for yourself. Like you're trying to put on something for me, you know, I'm, I came all this way out to support you. So maybe it's a selfish perspective as an audience member, but when I'm up on stage playing, my first desire is to make sure that those me those needs are met for the people. Now, does that mean that I don't I like I'm not as creative in certain sections or I don't like fall in to more like musical experimentation in the moment, right? Because I'm so focused on their their experience. Probably, right? I do give up some freedom in order to meet their needs and that can result in like worse musicianship. But I think the same concept applies to films where it's like, if you're just there to meet the needs of your own, like, you know, <laughs> your, your own artist project or whatever, like to, to have your own performance moment, there's a lot of my personality. that's like, it's, I'm not, I'm not really going to sit there and apologize for you. Like, it's just you, you only cared about your own thing. So that's, that's kind of the perspective I'm coming from. And hopefully that comparison wasn't too long, but I think it kind of paints a picture of where I approach watching movies. And also like, as a, from, from the perspective of someone who's creative, it's like there, there's a balance in that, in that space. Cameron, do you, what do you, what do you think of that analogy? Like, you think it's a flawed perspective or you think it's a different perspective? What, where, how you feel? Well, I think, I mean, the, the thing about it is like, 
I th- I think you're right in some sense, um, but then at the same time, obviously, when you go to like a Metallica concert, you want it to be loud, you want it to be boisterous, you want it to be, and you can have both. You can right. have it sound really good and have them sort of be be creative and take risks, and you know, and and there's a virtuosity in their you know in their performance because they've been doing it for so long, and you know, and so. I think there's, I, I, you know, I think like the Irishman is a, actually a good example of this where there's, I don't think the Irishman is, is a movie about, um, or that's like catering to, to, to a normal audience. It's like three hours long and it's really slow. And you know, there's it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that movie is trying to sort of coddle you. Um, but at the same time, you can't help but recognize the the virtuosity. Um, but I, I I agree in that there are plenty of movies that try to be um, really you know artistic or out there um, and just just don't work. You know, and and part of it probably comes from um, you know maybe inexperience uh, or it comes from a sense of. Um, I guess just, you know, um, not really, you know, caring about your, your audience's time or, you know, something like that. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think there's the, there's a chance where you can, you can have both ways, you know, it's not always attention. I agree. Um, I think, I think it's the, um, and I, we need to get off this music analogy, but I just thought it was a a fair comparison like you need to be aware of your stage size right like if if you're on a massive stadium stage like yeah you can play as loud as you you want to play right but like if you're in a small like dive bar and they have like barely a corner stage right you don't need a full stack uh blowing out the room so you can barely hear the drums uh i I think that the comparison really does summarize like how I feel about watching some of these movies because as an audience member, I'm not willing there 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 is a little bit of a selfishness where it's like, why would I give you the benefit of the doubt, right? I think talking to you and and Juzo, who's very knowledgeable, one of our one of our members on Patreon, like you guys have a desire and a hunger to experience like films that are different and like really you know put yourselves through a wild audience experience right just like personally i'm like i (laughs) i don't have time for that you know like i don't i don't (laughs) care to do that i don't even care to do that for con like i am one of the snobbiest concert goers and it's just like i don't i'm not sympathetic to the concert like if there's any bad vibes or any energy it's like i wasted my time to come out here to see people that i want to see and they're either gonna deliver or they're not like one of my one of my biggest complaints about concerts is just the people around the concert scene drives me nuts like i've always any concert that i've been to there's always been people around me that just ruin it and i'm like i hate this you know like i just want to see by the artist perform you know Uh, and that's not on the artist right yeah it's just like the audience experience for me that's like tarantino fans ruining tarantino you know yeah exactly right like that's that's like you going to see i mean here here's a great example like let's say you appreciate 
a modern pop artist or something like that. Like you're a big fan of Billie Eilish's new record. You're like, wow, this is so unique. You know, she's really doing something. You go out to her concert and there's just a bunch of toxic, obnoxious fans out there being all strange. And you're like, I can't even, I can't even enjoy this. You know, like I don't even, (laughs) I don't even know how to approach it. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of factors in, in, in watching these movies, but I think it's time to time to time to dive in. We'll go from the order of us starting the show and and move through there. The first film that we watched on the podcast is Breathless. We reference it a lot, Cameron. I think this is a great choice that you that you made us experience this first. Uh, I put a little note on on what disconnected me from this movie. It feels very spastic, a little bit confusing. Obviously, it's a foreign film. It's French, right? So I'd never really watched any sort of movie like this. It, this being episode one. Um, there, there's a little bit of like a, like a guerrilla filmmaking style to it. Um, there, there's so much chaotic decision in, in the creation of the movie. And I think you, you mentioned that that's a lot of the movie's charm, but as someone who has basically no, I had no experience watching this movie, um, for the episode one, it, I was just like, what is going on? Like, this is just too much. My... My uh, kind of perspective on the movie is more positive, though, because I remember just being confused and sort of um, th- there's a joy with the movie, right? There is definitely um, something about it that is it feels incomplete and almost adds to a comedic assembly. Um, and so like when I think back on this movie, although it's a wild hurricane of of problems, I don't think it's it is super approachable. Um, you can at least sit there and be like, wow, I don't have no I have no idea what's going on. And it's kind of, you know, an experience. Right. Uh, what like Cameron, what was your thoughts in, in, in showing Breathless and and um, how do you feel about the uh, like the casual audience uh, experience for this for this film? Yeah, I mean, the reason why I chose Breathless to to start off the podcast was because it was that was the movie for me that I everybody told me like oh yeah this is like so great and I could not understand why um I had no and I still don't really um because I don't feel like I've ever connected with Breathless in a way that makes me um appreciate it almost and and part partly that it could be me like uh, uh i don't know i think i think godard has like a um a certain aesthetic that he likes that either you click with or you don't um and it just i don't click with it you know there's there's just something about it that that does not appeal to me um, and I've known, you know, th- this is the weird thing because Breathless is a movie that I agree is not very approachable, but I've talked to people who are like not, they're not like ultra casual, you know, they're not like, uh, you know, oh, I've, I've only seen Marvel movies or whatever, you know, they're not like super casual, but they're not like cinephiles or anything. They're not like, uh, you know, the most hardcore and they've, you know, the people who I've, some of these people who I've talked to love breathless and i'm like how like why <laughs> like what and it and it's just i think it's just a feeling thing um with that movie and if you if you feel the 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 energy if you feel the vibe um 
and you get on the same wavelength, like I think some people can connect with that. And for me, that's just not it. You know, that's not, <laughs> that's not what I, well, I'm not on that wavelength. Um, and so I, I wanted to show that movie to you because um, I was interested in seeing uh, sort of a, a true casuals perspective on um, a movie that I've been told over and over again was so important, is so influential in the way that and and to be fair, it is influential. And I think we see a lot of Breathless in some of the other movies that we've watched, you know, and it's funny how how many times I've said, oh, it reminds me of Breathless. You know what I mean? Throughout this podcast, I've I, there are definitely movies that um, that either take slightly from Breathless or or sort of. Um, you know, have it have a uh, you know references to it. I mean, they're they're it's definitely influential. Um, but I wanted to get your your raw perspective on how, um, like h- how a casual viewer would um would see this weird movie from France from 1960. You know, um, yeah, that is often considered you know one of the greatest movies of all time and whatever else. You know, I like, think. My initial thoughts on it was like, what a trash fire, you know? Like, I was like, this movie is just a total mess. And as time has gone on, I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's a trash fire. Like, a much more positive, like, uh, feeling about it. Less, less like, ew, disgusting. More like, yeah, like, it's out there. It's crazy. Not for me. I, like, I don't relate. I felt no emotion watching the movie. I know, it's yeah. It's just, it's just crazy it's just a crazy movie um there's there's a few things that stick with me from it uh in particular the scene with the wheelchair i remember there's stuff happening with a wheelchair do you remember that yeah Uh, and then the the whole like strangely cut up scene where he like doesn't he like jack a car or something like that like i don't even know what's happening at the beginning of it yeah, he steals a car and shoots a cop. Yeah, I just remember being very, very confused about by what was even going on. So, honestly, like this kind of movie that is unapproachable still has a forgivable draw for me because, as an audience member, sometimes confusion can be funny. And to me, it's like maybe watching like I don't know a stadium live performance of like tenacious d where you're like i don't even know like what is happening Uh, this is such a strange mix of of things uh but it's kind of kind of there you know (laughs) like there's something you know um so i don't know it's i i think the the hard thing is that for like as we're talking about what disconnects the the casual viewer like to me this is a like a wild spastic like just i don't even know i don't even know what's going on with this film uh but i think that emotion is is more forgivable than some of some of the other uh things we're going to talk about that disconnects a viewer the next movie i have on here is citizen kane now this one i just wanted to mention not because i really have any sort of negativity towards it this is a movie that people talk about a lot and i watched it and I barely remember anything from it. Uh, I saw it on the list and I was just like, I don't know 
if there's anything I could tell you that I remember from this film, which is shocking because uh, the some of the movies on this list, I remember a lot of things about, and I really didn't like the movies, right? <laughs> um, so this kind of lands into a an experience of like boredom that I want to explore like as a disconnect for the casual audience i i don't think that citizen kane is unapproachable i remember thinking okay like that was that was something you know i can i I mean there was a storyline and something about a, a guy dying in a mansion or you know i i really don't i don't remember very much else besides there was a newsroom and a guy dying in a mansion um it kind of dragged in a way that I was like, this is an old movie. And I'm so happy to say that Cameron has proven to me that old movies are, are not all like that. You know, <laughs> uh, they're not, um, just this slow. Yeah. You know, lots of talking, lots of, you know, it feels like nothing's going on kind of. Um, so I'm sorry if like citizen Kane is, is your favorite film. I'm just shocked that I watched it and I can't, tell you really anything about this movie uh looking at it because um they're they're it's just it's been surprising how many black and white films have resonated and stuck in my brain uh Mm. and this one is one that people mention all the time and it just has it doesn't have that for me um what what do you think of citizen kane cameron am i like super off am i is this no no I, i don't think you are i don't think you are um I think Citizen Kane was a movie that I saw originally that I kind of had meh feelings about. Um, not bad. I mean, like, you know, it's it's literally Citizen Kane. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, it's a movie that actually, as time has gone on, as I've watched it again, um, you know, I think when we watched it for the show, I, I had probably seen it three or four times at that point. Um, and it, it's a movie that actually, the more I think about, the more I like and the more mm. I'm interested in. Um, I'm not sure what that is. And I think that is an experience that a lot of movies have where you watch it the first time, you kind of don't care about it or you you have a meh feeling about it um and then you watch it again and it and it maybe it sticks with you more and then you know you watch it again and i think actually the godfather is one of those too where there's i think it's like almost there's a density to it um Mm. where not that you don't pick up on everything right away but that there's there's so much happening that the feeling aspect of it doesn't get to you the because you're still trying to go over the you know the like the plot and the themes and whatever else in your in your head and then if you watch it again all of a sudden you say like oh i feel this now like i i actually i actually understand and like this more than i than i did the first time um that's what i think happened to me with citizen kane and i'd be interested in sort of I don't know. I uh, not necessarily re- revisiting it right now, but I think there's there's some some movies that you don't get right away um, that you can come back to and get more and more until until you have that like aha moment. Yeah. With it, um, 
and and I don't think that's a negative on the movie either. Um, I always consider that like me being not ready for it or not, you know, sometimes it's, I don't know, maybe not knowledgeable enough about it or, you know, there, there's a certain, not that it's my, it's necessarily my responsibility, but there's, there's a certain, you know, element of, um, me not being prepared for a movie that, that, uh, could actually be important and impactful, but I'm just not there yet. You know what I mean? Like, and, and there's, uh, there's movies a lot of times where you watch and you kind of are having an off day and you're tired or whatever, you know? And so there's a, there's a, there's a disconnect there because of your personal viewing habit or whatever, you know, your personal feeling when you, when you watch the movie. Um, and, and I think, you know, there's room for you to be uh, me as a as a, you know, someone who loves this. There's room for me to say I didn't get that at first, um, but maybe, you know, in the future, like I understand it. Like a lot of people lo- love this movie. So I'll give it another go. I'll give it a chance, you know, yeah. and then a lot of times that will help me sort of um, reevaluate my own position about it. But yeah. Well put. I think maybe this will be a movie we have to revisit because I don't remember really disliking it. I just don't remember anything about it. Um, but you're right. I think this film, talking about its density and like the world and, and really just getting engraved with that, same with The Godfather, as you were mentioning. I'm sh- I'm almost positive the second viewing of, of The Godfather will probably be better for me. Uh, the next film I have on here is Gone with the Wind. Again, another famous movie that is long. This suffers from the boredom thing that I was talking about as well. I think the movie has a lot of great acting and character flair, but it is just so uninteresting to me. (laughs) And I I can't even like, I have no desire to rewatch this movie. This movie was brutal to get through for me. It it was, yeah. It I mean, it's a long movie. It's such a long movie. <laughs> so I don't really know what the draw for this film is. I don't even hear a lot of people talking about this movie as part of the, like, like as a cinematic masterpiece. It seems like it hit for its time, you know? Like, it was, like, it was a massive event. It was the Marvel movie event for its its time in history and yeah and that's why like my parents were so excited that i was watching it and i was like boy you guys haven't watched this in a while because it's it's bad like it's just it's just not not it you know so i don't really want to keep talking about that movie do you have any thoughts about it cameron no other than it's so long and like you said like there's so much that i i think that movie um there's a lot that is so good in it but is it's really boring. <laughs> it's yeah. really boring. Um, yeah, and I there's I don't know why I, I it just is one that I I could care less about. Like that is it's it's a movie that um it could not grip me for the life of of it. And yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um. But then, you know, thinking about it, I I do feel like it's almost the opposite of Citizen Kane, where there were moments that I felt more than I than I expected 
you know, there were moments that I really actually w was invested in the characters and invested in sort of um, the, you know, the relationships. But um, for the most part, it was just long and boring and, and not and not dense like Citizen Kane. It's just elongated in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's let we can move on. Yeah. I uh, I keep thinking about this concert performance thing. I'm like, what would Gone with the Wind be if it was like a performance? And I feel like you ever see like it. <laughs> go ahead. What's your thought? Like, what would it be? No, it'd be like a a a really um like like imagine like one one guy who comes out with like a concert piano, um and and then like every now and then he'll he'll have like timpanies. <laughs> who comes in the background but like you know for the most part it's just <laughs> him playing classical i just music. I, f I imagine like I, I love like synthesizer electronic music but like this one guy that just comes out with a synth and is like just swelling like one note for like 20 minutes you know <laughs> like just messing with all the different like shapes and things so it's just like like and he's just doing that for 20 minutes and then like after that, like he hits one note and people are just like, oh my goodness, like I'm a, this is insane. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of how the movie feels because it's just like we're getting there eventually and then something happens and yeah. Um, so the, uh, the next film that really kind of off put me in a way was uh, Main Streets. This, this film I think is actually a better spastic and crazy version of breathless again very gorilla um more uh, obviously it's scorsese so there's there is it's a little bit more modern than breathless i'm pretty sure it has color too which is nice um yeah this movie like i just didn't really again it was just kind of crazy and all over the place and as a viewer i was like i don't really i don't understand this too much but again like there is something kind of appealing about that the the wildness and i look back on it with probably more positive thoughts than i had initially watching it but I, it, it's still like for me that disconnect was just the the, the, the it feels like rough around the edges and i think a lot of film appreciators are like this is like what brings this movie a lot of charm right it's rough around the edges and you can just see how much heart they were pushing to make this movie like f like hit the finish line and for me i'm like boy they barely it seems like they barely put this thing together you know like uh so it's i i i don't have a lot of negative things to say about it i just it didn't resonate with me because it was so rough if that if that kind of makes, yeah. makes sense. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, that's one of the things that I really like about it is it's kind of Scorsese at, at his first attempt at, at being Scorsese in a lot of ways. Um, and, and I think, I think there's, um, it's possible that we just watched it out of order in terms of maybe you'd appreciate it if we had watched other Scorsese movies mm. uh, before. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I fell in love with this movie because it was one that I, that I, I saw had so much like heart and um, authenticity to it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot that I think is um, 
true about the movie in terms of its, uh, uh, you know, there's like it's it's talking a lot about sort of camaraderie and um, being in this uh, situation where you're you're sort of it's like a, there's a cyclical nature to to the the actions that these characters you know do and um you know there's something that i that i really appreciate about this movie in terms of um like i said it being sort of the first example of um sort of scorsese stretching his wings and and getting out there as as a genuine filmmaker and as someone who you could see has so much talent and at that time didn't have necessarily the the money or the the you know the 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 capability to make something um great but he he really did his best with what he had you know and i think i think it comes across um i like how you you mentioned breathless though because this is a movie that is obviously heavily inspired by breathless um i think you know there's there's so much about this movie that <laughs> is like breathless but better you know yeah breathless <laughs> like, in new york yeah, yeah. Um but is just a better it's just a better movie. Like it's more more character driven, more interesting. Um you feel the there's I guess like you feel the certain um like I don't know, the characters are people that you care about even though they do bad things and make poor decisions. Um yeah, I would for say, me. I would say the least. movie is more memorable than than Breathless. Like there's it's I could name more scenes in it and uh, the 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 scene in the the bar where like the camera's strapped to um that guy from National Treasure, right? What's his isn't that Harvey Keitel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um like like he has a camera strapped to him and it's like that cool like GoPro shot and whatever. Like that is it it's probably one of the earliest films that I've seen do something like that. Yeah. And now that kind of shot is um constantly called back to in in all forms of media. So, yeah, I I don't have much more else to say besides, like, it, it has that roughness, and I think that can be a disconnect, but I don't think it, I don't think it's so far unreachable, you know, I, I don't think it's, like, super unreachable for the, the modern viewer. Now, yeah, this next movie, I'm thinking of ending things. This film, <laughs> this film feels like one of the most unapproachable movies I've watched as, as a, as a film or as someone exploring movies that doesn't really understand a lot about it. It mixes um, a lot of boring dialogue. Like the, the, there, there's what there's a pet peeve I have with some of these, these movies and I, and I haven't introduced this, but it's almost like an unearned drama or like, there's just like this heavy emphasis on like, we're going to just talk about, things that are so like important and it, it's like it's like just i'm like what is happening right now like there's it it doesn't it is just it's so on the nose and it comes across like almost like offensive or obnoxious or something like that like the be- i can see obnoxious for sure yeah, yeah. the beginning the, the beginning conversation in this movie where they're just sitting in the car for like 20 minutes i was like livid i was actually like f- so frustrated they just sit in a car and talk and it's not about anything 
it, it like the, it's almost like I want to disrespect your time as a viewer, right? Like I want to make you feel bored out of your mind. And I'm just like, I, I could not, I could not hate this more. Right. <laughs> where, where I began to like find interest, but also, but also like disconnect. Right. Is there are, there's this weird scene uh, that is almost like Kojima-esque with the house, right? And I think that's where this movie begins to come together in a positive way, right? There, There's like this mystical house that has no sense of time and things are changing and kind of going crazy, but there's also like a disturbing uh, feeling to it that I think can be disconnecting as an audience, but there's there's also a mystery that draws you in. And I'm just so confused because I'm like, why did you spend the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie pissing me off and then show me something that's also kind of neat and I would rather have seen the whole movie be based on, right? Yeah. And then it devolves into more, I think there's more car conversations after the house, right? Yes. And yeah. then this extremely like ob- obnoxious film like glor- like glorify <laughs> you don't like the dance scene <laughs> it is just it's so annoying like you have it's it's just a roller coaster of of frustration for me this movie because it starts with pissing you off because it's so slow and boring it shows you something mysterious almost like like with elements of horror that's that's really effective right and there's this exciting like mystery of like what is time and and it's not making sense. Then it's back to boredom. It's like oh you thought you liked that. Well we're gonna go back to the thing that you hate, you know. And then <laughs> and then it 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 just it's like oh we're gonna go to this other location that be- begins to tap into things about the house that I liked, right? Like there's mystery. Like I don't know. Like things are changing with time and and all this. And then it breaks out into like a full musical dance thing in a high school. <laughs> and at that point, I just like, I threw up my hands. I was like, this movie wa- like wants me to hate it. You know, like it is. I think that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> it's aiming to upset me, you know? And I'm yeah. like, that's just like, that's like being like, oh, what's up, people? We're Metallica. And then they throw flashbangs into the crowd or something. Like, <laughs> Like, it's like, why? Like, why are you doing this? You know? Um, yeah. No, I, I think this is a movie where I literally, I watched it um, and I, um, I think I liked it the second time better than the first time, but I even thought it was like pretty, it was a lot, you know, it was a, it was a serious, um, I don't know. I think I showed you it because i was like this is funny this is he's gonna hate this yeah (laughs) um but at the same time i'm like i'm like yeah but it kind of doesn't really care about you (laughs) which which you know you you have to appreciate a little bit that kaufman got a movie on netflix which is like you know the number one subscribed um you know film tv service ever and uh, and he was basically just like, yeah, I'm going to w- make a weird movie. So, um, have fun, you know, <laughs> like I'm sure like, I don't know, like there's a, there's a definitely a charm to that of being like, yeah, I don't really care about, uh, y- you know, making a movie for you guys. Um, I'm going to do one for me. 
Um, and I think Kaufman has always been like that. He's he's always someone like, you know, if we're going back to our concert example, he's yeah. he's like, um, I don't know, maybe like Tool or something where. Yes. Where, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what a comparison <laughs> where, you know, I, the people who love him, love him. Um, and they they're like, oh, yeah, but like he's so different, you know, and and you're kind of like you you listen, you're like. Okay, like it's good, but you know, like yeah, <laughs> I don't know, like there's a lot of hype, um, but but Kaufman is yeah, he's kind of just like, what is Kaufman's Lateralis album? That's what I want to know. Um, I really liked Adaptation. Um, I think that's a that's a good movie. Um, I don't know. I I'm not sure. Um, but. Yeah, I, I'd I'd be interested in doing like a maybe a deeper dive into into his movies. I mean, he wrote Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, which we haven't watched yet, but yeah. um, is is one of my favorite movies. Um, so I I don't know. I think I think honestly, I think Kaufman works best when he's like being balanced out by someone who, um, <laughs> who is like talented. <laughs> yeah um as a director so you know i don't know it's 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 tough but he um yeah that that movie is weird and and i understand why most people did not like it um it's it's not real it's probably not for you (laughs) yeah you don't like it that's a good (laughs) imagine that was the subtext i'm thinking of ending things it's probably not for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's like those people it's like i've always been confused uh with like metal music concerts where they're like oh like there's a mosh pit and like usually people get so injured and some people even die and i'm like what like why would i ever <laughs> want to go to something like that you know like that just uh, yeah. or like oh the wall of death like we're gonna like smash people into each other and i'm just like this is uh yeah, this ain't it, you know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, yeah. Is there a well, booth? It's, it's it's probably not for you. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we're gonna talk about Monica Mana. Uh, this movie has a very sterile boredom. It, again, I compared this to like a National Geographic like YouTube video. That's really that's really kind of what it feels like. I'm not even offended by its boredom. I'm just like, if it just feels. I mean, it is technically a documentary, right? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I don't know. Like, already, it's it's trying to warn me where it's like, oh, it's a documentary, so it's going to be boring, you know? I haven't seen a lot of documentaries <laughs> that are, like, exciting. Probably, like, Tiger King on Netflix. But, again, that also feels like reality TV, so I don't even know. Um, it It's just... It's just, I don't know. You, you, it's, it is what it is. You watch people sit in a gondola. Like it's super, <laughs> it's super boring. Like it's super boring, but it's almost like it, it's just, I don't know. Like I'm not even mad about it. I'm like it, at least it like, it really full sends that full, like two hour or two, one and a half hour time period. It's just, we're going to be in a gondola. You know, it's, you're basically a security camera. Um, it's, 
Yeah, I, it's I I find the the reviews like the IMDb reviews of this movie really funny. Um, just because there's like there's people who are like ten out of ten. This was an amazing experience, and then there's one it's like, as in Nepali, I don't know what about this cable car ride was so exceptional that it needed a movie, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is like the most accurate description of of this movie. Yeah, yeah I mean, I sh- I obviously showed you this because. Uh, um, partially as a joke, I guess, but um, partially because it's another one of these movies where I, I watched, I, ha- I had to watch in class, and I was like, why? And then at the same time, it kind of reset my base level for things that I um, that I didn't like or that I hated. You know what I mean? Like it reset um, every every other movie that I'm like. Oh, it was pretty boring, but at least it wasn't Monica Mana. In, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. There's like, like, there's actually a scene in this film where there's just goats <laughs> in the cable car for prob what like ten, fifteen minutes. You just watch goats ride the ca- the car. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's ten minutes. Yeah, that that was the moment where I was like, I am gonna press the fast forward button, which Juzo thinks is a unforgivable sin. But I'm gonna be honest, like I'm in it to watch it for myself. You know, I don't. I didn't fast forward <laughs> any other movie, and I was like, skipping the that ten minutes. You know, kind of just skipping through it. I didn't do like a full skip. You know, I was like, okay, thirty seconds, still goats. You know, not nothing. There's nothing happening. <laughs> I was waiting for like a you know some jet to like crash into the cable car lines. I started just making up storylines in my head. Like when is something crazy traumatic going to happen? Like just the, the car falls or something. I can't believe we talked about that movie for an hour. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's probably more interesting than watching it yourself. Pro- yeah, probably. Yeah. It's so, it's so bad. I, I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you probably hate it more than I do. Honestly. Yeah. I, I probably do. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I didn't skip it, but, you know. Yeah, well, learn to skip, dude. My life gets a lot better. <laughs> uh, the Piano is up next. This is the worst airport book you've ever seen. Like, just a garbage romance novel. Yeah, it's really bad. This falls into, like, you could also you could mix it between, like, boredom and, like, dis- disturbing Um Really, for me, it's like it, it's kind of back to that, um, like, like just sort of with Gone with the Wind as well, uh, where it's just like this heavy drama that I just could not care about at all. Like, it's mm. just, just a stupid Pirates of the Caribbean skin like thing where there's like, oh, there's two love interests and there's one woman who's just wow, she's really struggling to figure out which guy she likes or something. And I don't know. Like I, I just, think this I might be the. W- I think this might be the worst movie we've watched. I on agree. The show. I agree. Um, actually, uh, I, a lot of, and the reason why I say that, I guess, is because I I can't understand why anybody thinks this movie is good. I literally can't. Yeah. And people do. Like, people are like, oh, man, the piano. Like, it's so sad. It's so powerful. She, she's she's stripped away of her of of her talking, you know, and and 
and it's you're just like oh gosh it's so bad and and it's like it's like the most sexist movie in the world oh my goodness yeah <laughs> it's terrible and and everybody's like oh yes what a feminist movie you know and you're like wait what <laughs> like how honestly I like know. i hate this movie so much i don't know why i'm thinking of this but you'll have more enjoyment out of like the first hunger games movie than you will this this film you know i yeah, don't know why I'm, yeah. i don't know why i'm thinking of that but i'm like you want to see like a feminist movie i was just thinking about how like the the tongue gets cut out right isn't that what it is um no her, uh that her, her that was finger in, her finger gets cut off oh oh that that's what happens in in um hunger games is some people get their tongues cut out i don't yeah. i don't know why i remember that um she doesn't speak because her finger gets cut off? No, 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 no. She doesn't speak because she's a mute. Oh. <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> she just doesn't speak. That's, okay. that's, All right, that's well. the thing. She just doesn't speak. Um she speaks with the piano, you know, that's her that's her expression. Um but all these, you know, all this the the men in her life are wearing her down. I um, have more emotion but she, of, about But she goes and and runs away with her abuser, literally a uh, rapist. <laughs> I have more is I, crazy. I have more sympathy for like Link from Legend of Zelda who never says a word than uh this character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Garbage. Absolutely yeah, garbage. Bad. It's it's a really bad movie. Don't watch it. And if anybody's kind of interested, just just know it's terrible. You really should watch almost any other movie. <laughs> um, you you should rather watch like Monica Mana. I think it would be more exciting to watch Monica Mana. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The next film I have on here is A Razorhead. Man, this movie. I don't even know. Like this is this is one of the first films I think I've watched where I'm like, I don't think this movie ever needed to be made. Um, it really disturbed me, and I just don't like it at all. I really like. <laughs> It's just gross. Like I, and it's not saying anything. Like it. It's just it. It makes the world worse. I'm gonna put it that way. Um, <laughs> I totally disagree with that. But so I just, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I don't really think that this movie is super approachable unless you're, I don't know. Like very. I, I I just don't I don't know why I don't I don't really know why somebody would even say they like this film too much. I I love this movie. I think it's great. Well, tell us, Cameron. <laughs> tell us about it, because just as a casual, I was like, absolutely not. Like, I just I don't I'm not in this at all. I don't know. I'm not sure. I have a I think I have just a disturbing mind. Um, so it it appeals to me in that sense. Um. I I also like a lot of movies that are that are very um weird and disturbing. Uh so you know, I I understand why most people would be like, yeah, no, no thanks, not for me. Um but at the same time it's I I don't know. I think it's I think it's really well made first of all. And um I I don't think it says nothing. Um, I mean, oh, no, you no, can no, disagree. no. I don't think it's, I don't think that it says nothing. I just don't think it says something that is like super valuable, if that makes sense. I, I don't know if I agree with the, the stance of this film. And that doesn't mean that like, 
somebody's perspective shouldn't be shared. But I I just don't think it really... It doesn't add a lot with what it's saying. You know what I mean? If from if I remember correctly, there's a there's a pretty big emphasis on the horror of childbirth. Is that right? Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh. Partially. And I guess maybe the the strain of you know taking on something like that. Uh. It's. I just, I don't know. Like, I I think there was a huge part of kind of my own perspective that disagreed a lot with with this movie. And I guess people are allowed to, to disagree, but it was even like just the way it was presented as well that I was like, not only is it disconnecting me because it's just gross, you know, <laughs> But it's also like saying things that I'm very against, I think. And that that just left me in a place where I was like, I don't I can't support this film. I don't think a lot of people can sit through this and really like. Also, I think even if you're trying to analyze it, you're going to be so distracted from all the disturbing like imagery. And like the other thing is like this movie isn't isn't like I, do you know what it's rated like it's not super um i don't know if it ever was rated yeah it's not very like there there's nothing like super graphic in it or anything like that um there it's it's just like i think the best way i can compare i've been re i rewatched uh parts of alien and one of the things about that movie is that there's something sensorial or like to your gut level where you're like, this is not right. It's disturbing. You know, like the alien, Mm -hmm. the way that the alien ship is like wet and veiny and not right. You know, you're like, I'm just, I'm disturbed by this alien. He is horrific, right? It's gross. You're like, I don't like, there's something about the xenomorph design that is, it, it, it is something to be feared like deep in your soul you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i think that this movie has that as well like there's something to be feared that's like yeah deep in your soul and then the commentary around the movie it's just like what a negative like i don't know i just it yeah i mean <laughs> i think i think the thing that frustrates me about this movie in particular is that I have such a strong dislike for it and it almost makes the people who love it be like, yes, that's what it's all about. Like, you're so offended. That's so good. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like you're, that's, that's like, that's not something to be proud of. You know, that's something that like I spite, like I, 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 like I, this is, this is like the piano is like just horrible. This is a movie that I like, I personally hate, you know? Like yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think people should watch it. I don't think it's something that really needed to be made at all. So, I mean, I guess if if you're really into like the film stuff and you're like, ooh, like that's ground that's supposed to be untouched, you know, or or like they're they're really breaking the boundaries, you know. I'm like, good for you, you know, good for you that you're so excited about that. But I just don't. I really, I don't know. This I I despise this movie. So, yeah, well, I mean, I understand that like, yeah, you, you had a, you had a very negative reaction on viewing 
Um, I love this movie. I think it's great, but uh, I mean, I, I can see it's not for it again. It's it's in the same vein of I'm thinking of ending things. It's probably not for you, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's yeah. So that I I I wholeheartedly disagree with with your take here, but um, but yeah, you know, I think I think you just had like a a visceral reaction to it, um, which is fair, you know, like that's that happens to movies. For sure. I mean that 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 happens to me as well. But um there's major kudos to like how uncomfortable the film makes you. I mean, like when we were watching, I think we did a commentary track on it, right? Cameron? We did, yeah. And you were there was like certain scenes where like they walked into the house and there was like um like the dinner scene. You're like, isn't this just so like wrong on so many levels? <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, it's like unbelievably like just there's there's like literally nothing. I don't know. Like if you wrote it out on paper, there's nothing that's like, that's like, that's a bad rate or there's like, it's, there's just yeah, something yeah, the, that's like the alien xenomorph. That's the best way I could describe it where thing it's like things are abstracted and they're, they're not sitting right. And I'm like, this is just, I don't know who, who could make this movie. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, like, it's like, I, it reminds me of like surrealist paintings, you know, exactly. They take, yeah. They take something that is, you understand or that is um you know uh, familiar to you and then distorts it in a way that makes it really strange and uncomfortable um which i think is the the what's good about the movie but i can understand how someone could say like ew that that's not good that's that's disturbing because it is i mean it is disturbing it's yeah a, it's a disturbing movie but in any case um i do you have one more Right. The last one I have is four, the 400 blows or 400 blows, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, this movie reminded me of the book Kite Runner. Very um, like coming of age with traumatic upbringing or dramatic upbringing. Um, it's a very personal story. There's obviously a little bit of a language barrier because it's a French film. Um, it's very focused on like the individual's journey i just this this movie like didn't connect with me and i don't know if it will connect with a lot of people it again is kind of treading that ground of like very very like drama heavy um like it's it's not the same i'm not comparing it to the movie the piano but the piano has like this is drama you should care about and and i kind of thought that the 400 blows was doing the same thing where it was like this is drama you should care about um, there are relatable elements of the child, like, you know, kind of fighting with his parents and, and being in the midst of a broken household, right. That I think are effective, but it just didn't grab me. And, and, mm. and, and this, this is like, obviously I think a, a racer head would have been a better way to close the conversation. But as I was looking through, um, the films, I wanted to put this on the list, not as like a terrible movie, but just another one that was like as a casual viewer, it disconnected me because the drama just didn't resonate. I do think some people could really connect with this movie, but there are a, a lot of, like for me, it's like it's black and white. It's in a different language. And it's, it's a lot of drama that you could easily be disconnected from because of, because of its assembly, I think. Yeah. I, I would say this movie, I actually really liked a lot more than, um, breathless, obviously, uh, and I think it's probably it probably suffers from the same situation where, uh, like The Godfather and uh, Citizen Kane, where 
it's it's one that maybe needs revisiting um in terms of, f- of fully appreciating it i guess mm, yeah. um and and for me you know it was it was um i don't know it was one that i that i actually really appreciate um and i i like i like a lot of the themes um i think it's it's got an interesting ending i really i actually really like the ending um but I can see why. Well, also, you know, the other thing that I really like is is that there's like such a love of of Paris and such a love of of, of France that you can see like palpably. Um, where in in Godard movies, I feel like he has like a disdain for a lot of these things, um, and I could feel that there's like a nostalgia to to the movie. There's like yeah. a um, a lovely. Um, you know, reflection of of what the you know of of what he he loves. Um, and to me, that I like that. I I think that comes across. Um, but I I can see why it it it's not like <laughs> up there for you. You know, it doesn't. You know, I I wouldn't say it's up there for me either. But um, you know, I I think it's I think it's pretty good. Mm. Um. I would throw in there. I know you didn't watch it, but I would throw in their sympathy for the devil. Terrible movie. It's so bad. Uh, Godard, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, you didn't watch it, so no, that one you did with Juzo. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of a good retrospective walking through the films that didn't connect with me. I would say that really the big the big stuff. And the big conversation around like the audience experience versus the creator's experience or the creator's like uh, vision to create for himself or for the audience, like that's that's the tension, right? And as we as we compare it to the concert scene, for me, like the thing that continually comes up is like either like a boredom uh, sort of blocker is probably the best way of putting it like there's 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 these movies that just waste your time in in a lot of ways uh then there's like the non-traditional uh piece together like kind of crazy wild project that as i've watched more movies it seems like i've become more fond of um you know accepting those because they don't have a ton of budget or anything like that right that that it can be disconnecting, but it can also be appreciated. I can understand how some people find appreciation. I think the modern audience viewer is like, I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, I think of like seeing a, a, a local band that's like kind of bad, but they're really trying, you know, and they, they kind of just have a, a small touch of, of something like it's, you can be sympathetic to it even, but I, but I think you have to be kind of ready to, to embrace that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and sometimes it works in the in the other way where you you want to go back and and watch after you've you've sort of studied the director or after you've watched you know um some of his stuff you want to go back and watch where he has come from and sort of the inspirations um you know in his in his early um in his earlier days so. yeah I, I know for me personally like I love this punk band called Blink-182. They're they're really obnoxious. Um but they play on huge stages now and to watch like old videos from the 90s when they're playing on like these tiny backyard shows and things like that it's like wow like 
I wish I could like, I got to see that. I wish I could have gone back to, to that time where they didn't even know that they were going to find any level of success. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that can be a relatable experience. I think you really have to be invested in the creator for, for those movies mm-hmm. to work for you. And as a casual, I didn't know the creators of some of the movies that these like didn't connect with. Um, but like, I think, you know, no, knowing what I know about Scorsese and watching Mean Streets now, there might be a little bit of that uh, sympathy, right? And then the the last blogger for me was like this unearned drama, like this heady, boring, like uh, it kind of goes with boredom, uh, drama or like, I don't know, dis- disturbing, disgustingness drama. I it's I can't quite put my my finger on on how to categorize so, some of these some of these movies because they are things just that off put you right um, like in a in just a gut level. Yeah. So it's been it's been an interesting journey, Cameron. I'm sure we're going to explore even even more uh, <laughs> films that disconnect the the audience members. But I always find yes. it surprising that some like some filmmakers can find that balance of like serving mm. themselves in in their creativity they 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 have elements of you know the raw or the boring or the disgusting or the drama stuff like drama for me uh and and I know that that's kind of a very broad term but like we we talk about uh we were talking about and and this movie, this episode's going long so I'll I'll wrap it up be real quick but like the dramatic payoff, like at the end of the good, the bad and the ugly, like that movie's drama at the end is like on like 11, you know, like it's just going off the charts in terms. There's like this creative style, you know, things have been building up towards it. The movie is long, you know, like I just, well, feel I would like, say, I would say for you, even Casablanca is one that you love, um, you know, and that's that movie is entirely drama. Yes, you know, there, yes. There's there's nothing but drama in that movie. So for me, it's like, what? Why does like Casablanca work, and then Gone with the Wind doesn't? You know what I mean? Like those are both old movies, and for some reason, I'm so much more invested in Casablanca as a watcher than Gone with the Wind, where I'm like, I just don't care about this drama. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So there is, there's got to be something that the filmmakers of of Casablanca know that the filmmakers forgot about in Gone with the Wind. Um, so anyways, I'm sure the conversation will continue. This experiment has been really fun, Cameron, to do this show. I know we focused on the negative, but I hope that our kind of exploration of the, the, the audience experience and the filmmaker experience has been fun for you guys to listen to for the last hour. Any closing comments, Cameron? Um... No, I mean, I yeah, I think this was a good kind of um, interesting conversation about sort of what movies um, do to disconnect you as a as a viewer. Um, I I I I'm not sure that we necessarily clarified anything because I think I think sometimes it's just a feeling thing, you know. Yeah, I think sometimes yeah. it's just it's just I just didn't like it. I just, you know, was disconnected from it. And obviously, you know, our, our role as commentators on movies is to, is to elaborate on what, what that feeling is, elaborate on, on why things, um, didn't connect with, with you. Um, but 
you know, at the same time, sometimes it, it just is, um, is, it is what it is, you know, sometimes it it just doesn't, doesn't hit you at that moment. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think we, we definitely will watch more, um, strange and esoteric movies for sure. Um, but probably not yet. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just say that we, I've got some plans that are, um, n- not, not super weird. I I'd like to I'd like to do maybe like an experimental month um, at some point in the future. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, um, I think we'll we'll you know we'll get into some weirder movies for sure um, that are much less explainable on why you like or dislike it. You know. Um, so. Well, I'm here for the journey. I'm excited for it, Cameron. All right. I think that uh, pretty much wraps it up. Sorry if we were a little slow on our words. It is early in the morning. We don't usually record in the morning. Cameron, I appreciate you putting together uh, the show. I'm excited for where it's going. The rest of the month, I don't know what we're what we're really going to be doing. Um, maybe we'll get into some movies, uh, but we have been sort of being reflective on 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 the first year. So, Cameron, any any notes on uh, what the next two weeks are going to look like in August? Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of was thinking maybe you should take the the driver's seat for the next Ooh. couple of weeks. Um, show me some movies that you know. I uh, of course we probably we might have seen, um, or you know, movies that you love uh, that y- you'd like to share. Um, you know, I think that would be fun. Uh, do a little r- role reversal here. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I think after this conversation and the conversation about the movies that have resonated for us, right? Like I want to show you in my like in my mind like what I think sort of a perfect balance between all all these things are. So for the next 2 weeks I'm going to show you two films and the uh, you know, I have a very limited knowledge, right? This is a this is a uh, a beginner trying to impress like someone that's a master, but we'll almost consider this a test for me, right? Uh, to be like, Cameron, this is what, and, I, and I'm going to pick movies you haven't seen. Okay. And I'm going to be like, this is a movie that I think captures a lot of, it, it does what we've been saying a great movie does, and it also does what, it, and it does like, some it it tackles some of these things we've been talking about the boredom the the grossness the you know spastic or confusing like it captures some of these things in a way that uh, is extremely effective and not disengaging so uh, there's one movie in in my mind that I think you need to see um, that has I've been thinking about a lot it wasn't one you assigned me I'm really excited to show you Uh, so we'll probably be watching um, what is it called think oh shoot i hope you haven't seen it but have you have you seen the florida project yet no i have not we really i that i think that's what we're gonna watch uh this coming week so the the florida project i'm excited to show you cool um and with that we wrap up uh we post every monday thank you guys for supporting the show if you're on patreon we didn't really uh pitch it but you can support the show at patreon.com slash ecfs productions and get a bunch of benefits thanks for listening we'll see you next monday 
Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill and Tim Smith for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support. Music.